Greetings. Welcome to the Point Being Ipsos's public polling podcast. This is episode 72, June 26, 2019. I'm your host, Chris Jackson, joined as always by my co-host, Mallory Newell. Hi there. And it is Democratic Debate Day. day Democratic Debate Day number one. That's right. Uh, this evening, 9 p.m. Eastern time, the first Democratic debate of the 2020 season will happen. Tomorrow, the second debate will happen. There should be lots of fun uh, shifts in public opinion coming out of this. Uh, but as we go into it, Mallory, tell us a little bit about where the American people are right now. What does our core political data have to say to us? Well, before we get there, Chris, I just want to point out that we've been doing a social media analysis of what people are talking about ahead of the debates. Mm -hmm. And one of the uh, trending topics right now is drinking game. So in terms of how you define fun for a debate, there you go. That's right. (laughs) But in all seriousness, okay, taking a look at the core political this week, um, currently just one in three Americans think that things are headed in the right direction. Um, This is generally stable, but that's just a little table setting note as we go into the Mm -hmm. debate and perhaps how some of the Democratic challengers are going to be um, framing Mm-hmm. The, the state of the union generally. And among Democrats, that number is more like one in 10. That's think right. The country is going in the right direction. So Democrats are by a huge majority think the country's going in the wrong path. We should probably hear a lot of the debate participants sort of talking about ways to fix the direction of the country. I think that's right. Um, our president is holding stable this week. Currently, 41% of Americans approve of the job that he's doing right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's really unchanged, not only from the past two weeks since our last podcast, but really also from the past month or so. Yeah. And and really sort of if you broaden that out to being somewhere between 40 and 45, Trump's been stable at that range for over the last year. He really hasn't moved much. Right. His trend line looks pretty flat over time. And he, if you're a regular listener, you've heard us say this a bunch, but he tends to kind of weather the storm and his approval rating holds pretty steady, generally between 40 to 45 percent, regardless of external shocks and events that take place. Mm -hmm. That's right. Okay. what else do we have? Um, there's there's one thing in particular that I wanted to bring up, and that is where Americans are at on the main problem in the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it tends to be healthcare and immigration that rise to the top each week. Now, in light of um, news reports on just how bad the crisis at the border is, mm-hmm. uh, we've seen a little uptick when it comes to immigration. So currently, 22% of Americans say that immigration is the main problem facing the country. This is up four percentage points from last week. Mm-hmm. And then healthcare has gone down about the same amount, five points since last week. Okay. So, but it still remains healthcare, immigration, and then the economy right. sort of right behind them right. as the top issues. Now, among Democrats, though, which is pertinent for tonight's debate, healthcare is number one. It's still healthcare. Yep. It's still healthcare among Democrats and independents. It's really what we've seen in this week's polling is Republicans have almost coalesced even more mm-hmm. around immigration, perhaps taking a signal from what the president is saying and how he's talking about the issue. But I think you're right, Chris. We're going to expect to hear about both a lot in mm-hmm. these two nights, but health care is still the top issue for Democrats. That's right. And then 
Another issue that sort of rises at the top among Democrats is the environment and climate change, where we see about one in 10 Democrats say that's the number one issue. Uh, Democrats by far give much more priority to that than any other candidate. I think with Jay Inslee, whose candidacy is basically all about climate change in tonight's debate, we may hear at least a couple of things about that. I think you're right. Um, you want to talk about foreign policy? Yeah. So in this week's Ipsos Reuters polling, uh, we've asked uh, President Trump's approval rating on a series of issues. Um, now, one thing I wanted to call out, because it's also been in the news lately, is how the American public feels that President Trump is handling Iran. That's right. Since we maybe almost got into a shooting war with them over the weekend before Trump pulled back and there are some attacks on tankers and a drone that was shot down. Lots of events have happened. Uh, and how does the public feel about the president's stewardship of our troubled relationship with Iran? Not great. Not you great. know, <laughs> for a little bit of table setting, uh, we we fielded a poll about Iran with Reuters last month. Mm -hmm. And at the time, half of Americans, 52%, said that it was likely that we would go to war with Iran in the next few years, like you said, almost came to blows over the weekend. Right. Um, at the time, 39% of Americans approved of the job that the president was doing to handle the Iran situation. A majority mm. disapprove. And that really hasn't changed. So currently, 38%, that same number, uh, approve of the job he's doing. So much like every other issue that we ask about, other than, say, jobs mm -hmm. and employment, uh, the president is underwater when it comes to how he's handling this situation. That's right. And that 38% being three points lower than his 41% overall job approval sort of indicates that people are seeing him a little bit weaker on this than average uh, for sort of everything he's doing. That's right. Okay. What else do we have to cover from Core Political? Is that all of it? I think that's all of it. Um, but we thought it would be a good idea for those of you that are planning to tune into the debate to just kind of take a step back and do a little recap of where the Democratic candidates are going into the debate. That's right. So we've not released our 2020 tracker for a couple of weeks, and we'll actually have another one out next week after the debate. Um, but we do have some numbers from a couple of weeks ago. Nothing's really changed since then, so they're still pretty good illustration. Um, so I think the first thing is, how are the candidates lining up in terms of the preference on the ballot? Like, who are people saying they'd want to vote for? Um, at the time, in early June, uh, about one in three registered voters that identify as Democrats say that they would vote for Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. So Joe Biden has been the front runner in, in all polling throughout. Again, polls that come out a year and a half before an actual election are really just sort of telling you who's well known at this point, who right. has strong name recognition. But Joe Biden's in the lead, followed by Bernie Sanders, and then Elizabeth Warren and Kamala Harris. Mm -hmm. So in then in tonight's debate, what are the candidates look like? Since we only have 10 candidates tonight, Biden, Sanders are both tomorrow. Mm -hmm. It's Elizabeth Warren, Tonight, it's it's really Elizabeth Warren. I mean, we 
We also have Cory Booker and Beto O'Rourke on the stage. But in our last poll, Elizabeth Warren was in third place mm-hmm. uh, with 11% of the vote. And Beto O'Rourke and Cory Booker are both polling below 5%. Okay. So it's really going to be Elizabeth Warren and a lot of other folks who are hoping to make a name for themselves. Speaking of which, how do Democrats and independents, how well do independents, Democrats and independents know these candidates at the moment? Um, it's it's sort of a mixed bag. I think generally when you look at this, our, our top tier candidates, meaning Biden, Sanders, Warren, Harris, they're really known by 60% or above mm-hmm. of Democratic registered voters. So better than two thirds. Close. Yeah. Kamala Harris is a little bit lower than that, but that's a general good rule of thumb, around two thirds, 60%. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of the other candidates are really only known by, at best, half of the electorate. That's Beto O'Rourke and Cory Booker. And the rest, it's it's closer to a third or, mm-hmm. or below. So what we'll probably see tonight is a lot of these candidates, aside from Warren, trying to do something to make a moment that's memorable to help their name recognition shoot up. Well, when you have, when all is said and done, I think I read something like seven minutes per candidate. Yeah, on average. Basically, on average, when you have seven minutes to make a name for yourself in two hours, Mm -hmm. uh, you're you're really hoping that something can stick. And, And I think, you know, we may see a boost in name recognition for some of these candidates, but probably not all 20 that are taking the stage between tonight and tomorrow. Yeah, depending on sort of the ratings for tonight, how many people watch, you know, this is really the first opportunity for some of these people to introduce themselves to the public. And if they don't manage to make a moment now, it's hard to see how some of these candidacies are going to be able to keep up traction going into the rest of the calendar before next year's elections. Yeah. So I think one of the other things to talk about, though, is sort of what people are going to be doing in tonight's debate. And I think one of the things that's really interesting is how, even though we aren't tracking it in our our ongoing tracking, really the Democratic Party is very much focused on opposition to President Trump and figuring out how to beat President Trump. Uh, We actually released some polling with the Daily Beast last week about... Uh, what Democrats are looking for. And 80% said beating Trump was the number one priority. That's the top priority. It's not electing a female. It's not electing a person of color. Mm -hmm. It is electing somebody that can beat President Trump. Now, there is an interesting gap between those measures that I just Mm -hmm. talked about, implying that some people, even in the Democratic Party, may not necessarily think that it is a female or a person of color that can beat President Trump. That's right. There is the electability gap. Um, using air quotes around using electability Using air quotes gap. around electability, that's right. Um, electability is one of those sort of concepts that doesn't really have a meaning. It's sort of one of those, you know it when you see it, but it's actually sort of circular, where someone's electable because they're winning, but they're winning because they're seeing that they're electable. Um, but one of the things we'll be seeing tonight is a lot of these candidates trying to position themselves as the answer to Donald Trump in a lot of different ways. And the interesting dynamic through the rest of the the election season is going to be about what does the Democratic electorate, what do Democratic voters see as that answer? What do they want to see as opposition to Donald Trump? Is it someone who's a fighter? Is it someone who's a uniter? Is it someone who is 
taking a more cosmopolitan view of the world, that they're sort of embracing multiculturalism and immigration? Or is it someone who's sort of doing populism, but doing it on the left right. as opposed to populism of the right? And I think that's that's really the biggest question, not just for these debates, Chris, not just for this election in the primary, you know, in the short term, mm -hmm. but really how pollsters, how pundits, how the media even starts to look through this lens of what is the answer to President Trump? What is the opposition to President Trump look like? That's right. And that's something that remains to be seen because at this point, you know, with two dozen candidates, everyone has sort of their their own flavor. That's right. And, and the, we'll start to see a little bit of that. And come the out Democratic tonight. electorate is yet to figure out the flavor they prefer to continue your metaphor. And I think we'll start to see that shake out. And I think tonight might be the beginning of that process. And would the convention next year be the end of that process, perhaps? Maybe. <laughs> Depends. We have no idea at this That's point. That's right. But we have a long road, a little over a year until the convention, a little over a year and a couple of months until the election. So stay with us. Uh, we'll keep you posted. Thanks for joining us today on The Point Being. You can follow us online. I'm on Twitter, at JCB Jackson. And I'm at Mallory Kate, and that's Kate with a C. Or you can email us at thepointbeing at ipsos.com. Thank you very much. Until next time, thanks for listening.